Hello and welcome to another edition of the Formula One Fans UK podcast. It's been too long. I'm Reese, and I'm back today with Danny and Dan. Yep, I got the A team together to make up for the absence. A team. We're the only team. There's no A team. It's just the team. Chris, yeah, Chris we are has been the sacked team. because he chooses IMAX videos over us. And I That's cannot true. say why Tim has sacked because it involves a list. He's a day traveler. He, yeah. he travels a lot. That's good for him. <laughs> I wish I could travel Pretty like much. he does. That's amazing. Pretty much. Chris decided he hadn't had enough of America being America over the weekend that he's gone and watched a cinema film that's very, very Hollywood. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's get, let's get on to the actual um, the matter at hand, which is Formula One. Um, and Dan's going to kick us off with his thoughts on Miami. Right. So my subject is obviously the Miami uh, F1 Grand Prix. And it's basically a comparison between what we're seeing on TV of it's amazing, they're celebrities, it's a fantastic racetrack, um, 240,000 people sold out over three days, 1.3 to 1.5 million viewers on ESPN, 10 years of a brand new deal, all that. And then it gets slated on social media. You've got the residents having to be given 5 million in community benefits and 5% of revenues um just to make it happen but yet after the first one they're trying to boycott it so that it's the last one so it's just i don't understand how it can be one thing on tv but yet one thing in real life because i knew this race was not going to be great because it's a street circuit the only way that you have a good street circuit is if someone crashes and you get a red uh, red flag. Chaos. You, you, chaos. Need chaos. Yeah, you need chaos to make a street circuit work. Um, now, I think they were trying to make chaos on the last corner by putting the Argos BMX jump in as a chicane. Um, <laughs> what, turn 14? Uh, yeah, like... That what 14, even, turn 14 chicane. What even was that corner? It, it was just... Well, they like, called it... Uh, they called it a mistake generator. A mistake they generator. They actually called it, it a, mistake a mistake generator. In just, it was just a mistake in general. Um, but yeah, but as a race fan that watched that race, I didn't dislike it. It was the same as Monaco. It was the same as Baku. And such, there was no real, you know, crazy battles until we had a safety car. Um. So yeah, so like I'm not, I'm not against watching it again. I think next year they may make some slight improvements to the track. I think they're going to improve the capacity, but I don't, I don't know. I I think everyone's got absolutely knickers in a twisted for it not being a fantastic race when it's a street circuit. You know, we haven't had fantastic racing in Monaco for for thirty years. What's what? What's the problem? Let's not forget that despite it not being the best race by this season standards, it's better than the majority of races from the last two years. There's there's no escaping that. I mean, 
the battle between Max and Charlotte at the start of the race was was pretty good. There's like he he, he reeled him in. Eventually, of course, with the Red Bull engine, you know, well, Red Bull the the Honda slash all the Mercedes top engineers engine. Like it's always going to be the best the best engine. There's no escaping it. But the engine's what? really good. But we we runs. just what we did need the safety car. The race had died off by la- around lap fifteen. It was it was pretty boring, but that isn't my issue with it. But I'll let Danny say his thoughts on the race. No, I, I, I get ag- into my issue. I agree with, with with stuff that Dan said. That chicane, that mistake generator, uh, I that's it sounds so dumb to hear it said that way. Uh, but it's. It wasn't the worst turn in, in my belief. It wasn't the worst turn in the calendar, uh, for sure. We still we still have uh, Monaco uh, Lowe's hairpin. We still have Baku turn eight, which goes literally through a World Heritage site. Um, so it wasn't seriously bad. Now the racing was 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 pretty good. I I do agree. It did go into a lull. Um, we did see a, a a swap. You know, a, a battle for first. Um, Again, it's Max and Charles, and that's just been the story of the beginning of the year, and I, and I believe it'll continue at, to that end. I don't think anybody's going to touch those two. I think um, the decider of the championship is going to be them. But um, we did see some great races in the in the um, Hamilton by Alonso, yeah, in the midfield. Hamilton passing Alonso, and then Gasly, um, and then him having a solid race. Uh, but safety car wait, kind wait, of jumped. Wait. Well, who who had a solid race? Hamilton. Hamilton had a solid race. Yeah, Gasly. his car is his car. His car yeah. is his car. You know, because Botas, I would have said he would have had a solid race, but he had that mistake at the end after the safety car where both Mercedes just jumped him. Yeah, exactly. You like know? there's there's not a worse two cars to have a mistake in front of than the team yeah. that you just left. Um, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like yeah. It, it, when when he just had that wobble went wide and it just zoomed past him, I was just like, "Oh no, see you later, yeah. bye bye." But I also wanted to note in, in that race, Alonso's um, Alonso made a couple mistakes in this race and ended up getting awarded uh, and penalized that two penalties. Second. Yeah, but um, two penalties. He, he did hit Lewis in turn three in the first uh, 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 right in the first lap, opening lap. Um, I mean, that's first corner instant. In my yeah, eyes, though. yeah, and I I can see both ways, but. It's a it's a thing that you got Hamilton and Alonso, two of the, the most senior drivers in, in on the grid. Um, some of those fakes, I don't know, that was too yeah, close. But it's just like Martin Brundle said, out in these parts, Robin's racing. I was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> somebody's watched an episode of NASCAR. Well, some do and some don't, but yeah. I was honestly expecting one of them to scream out, shake and bake. Yeah. <laughs> it was... I think if 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 anyone was gonna do it, it might have been Jensen Button, because he was loving life. A man had his Hawaiian style shirt on, open. He was he just needed a bit of fluff in the middle. He was ready. He was good to go. He's a Californian now. Yes. What was that? What was I gonna say on that? I had a point, and now it's completely gone. Sir, I, I I had a point, which was, I just I feel sick for Lewis Hamilton almost now because. It seems to be becoming a bit of a tradition where he drives a flawless race and then he gets screwed by a safety car and someone on softer, fresh tyres behind him. Do you know what, right? It 
in the in the interview, they did an interview with Max about the race and the safety car, and she said, "Oh, some sometimes the safety cars are good for me. Sometimes the safety cars are not." I'm like, "Good they for you." They got lucky. More like <laughs> gifted. That there, there is a heavenly fucking god that awards Max Verstappen safety cars. There was like some gremlin that Ferrari had, which prevented them from putting either Sainz or Leclerc in at the end of the VSC before the uh, and well at the end of the VSC where the actual safety car started, where they could have got a really cheap stop and lost no places and put soft tires on, and they had a fucking gremlin. A lot of the teams did. They couldn't communicate in time. Ridiculous. Um, good for Russell. Good for Russell and Ocon there, though. Good for those guys. Because Ocon also had a great race. Albon had a great race as well. But mm. they were able to get solid results because of that safety car. Well, uh, as, a, as good a race as Ocon had, he was also helped. You are almost helped in a way when you can't compete in qualifying because you rebuild your car. But because you've not qualified, you've not set up for any qualifying trim. You can focus purely on race trim. And that is going to help you a lot. Yeah. It's not like Albon. Albon who goes qualifying slash race trim and gets in the points again. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Mick, what what was Mick? Was Mick one out the points or two? Mick was in the points. So was he, Seb. He was when Mick and Seb so crashed, was. they were both in the points. Um, did, we'll, I think we'll come to those later. Did Alonso get the double penalty? I know they were he got two penalties. That's why, uh, that's why Albon was ninth and Stroll got a point. I yeah. know they were looking to do it. But also... Alonso was 11th. Lando was running a fantastic race as well until, Bleh. well, he got caught in that DRS train with the uh, with the Aston Martins trying to long out for the safety car. But like, what even was that thing with Gasly? What 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 even? Gasly seemed to run what? into some sort of issue, didn't he? Just kept sliding further and further back down the order. Yeah, but Couldn't then get any. He basically didn't get any let... power out because sliding all over the place. He, had a great he start. basically and... let people through and then just turned into Lando. Well, he wasn't letting people through. He was just seemed to just be all over the place. Like the car just seemed like it became undrivable after his pit stop. Yeah, mm. we saw it with Yuki as well. Yuki didn't move anywhere. He was getting overtaken. He even said in his post interview, he was like, "I was just being overtaken. There's nothing I could do. The car just didn't have the pace." It's a weird one because it had the pace on the mediums and they moved to the hards and it was gone. Shocking. Yeah. But there there were some questionable strategy calls considering how slow the warm up was on the hard tires considering mm. it took 18 I think it took 18 laps for there to be any sort yeah. of crossover between the medium and the hard. I was amazed that no one tried a two stopper going medium medium soft. I was amazed by that. I was shocked on how many didn't go to softs you know I, I don't know if they didn't have them or i can understand the fact them going to medium i mean there was a lot of cars with just used softs but i can understand going to medium because you don't know like they um before the race everyone was focusing well everyone could only focus on short run pace because there were so many red flags in practice ferrari's run in practice of consecutive laps was five laps so it's no wonder they struggled on the race pace so much we also got to uh, get into account that they don't have a lot of new tires uh, during the race to use up. And a lot of the tires that they have are used or, or have, have done short stints uh, during practice. So they, they don't have that extra tire to go, you know, 
Um, and I, I think we, we see that with the strategy calls. Mm. We're seeing a lot of hard to medium tires. Yeah, but surely a scuff set of two laps of softs are better than hards. Or, like, got, they've, they've, yeah, I mean, that's got to be. Scrub, scrub tires. Scrub tires are really. There's a reason that teams go out and do one lap in every set of tires they can. It's because scrub tires warm up so much better. Because they've and, got and that outer layer taken off. That they didn't. Uh, there, there weren't more more takers on that. But no, and obviously, you know, we've got the next. You know, this is a a, a ten year deal. So mm. I think. <laughs> They're gonna have to make changes and they're gonna have to make adjustments, but on a whole, I don't think it's a bad racetrack to go to. I was a little bit, obviously, like concerned that we've neglected a lot of purpose-built US racetracks to go to a street track, but I'm not upset about it. Whilst there's only there are only two but sort of grade one um, tracks in the US, and that's Indy and Cota. Now, now, of course, Miami as well, but you've seen how easy it is for a street circuit to get built and given grade one or grade A, whatever whatever it is. I, w- I, I wouldn't say it was easy. They put down so much asphalt and so much, like, uh, what do you call it, like, barriers and stuff like that. That was, like, a tremendous job. It's not like you, you look at the, the existing tracks. It Why not convert one? Why not get one up to scratch? Well, several reasons. Uh, I know Seb mentioned Road America, which is up in uh, Elkhart Lake, uh, Wisconsin. Uh, it's like, what's the biggest city around there? What's the biggest attraction? Milwaukee, Green Bay, you know. They, uh, but I, that's what I'm saying. F1 is going to go to the show. That's why they're in Vegas. That's why they went to Miami. They, there's so many places they can choose from. They could have chose Port Imperial, New York, that they never raced in. It was a street, street track that never came to fruition. Uh, you know... Formula One, when it comes to the United States, they're going to go to those big places. They're going to go to L.A., Vegas, or Miami. And right. we're, not going to, we're not going to see Watkins Glen line up. Yeah, because F1 cares more about the money than the race and the fan and the heritage nowadays. You see that from the, the fact that we go race in Saudi Arabia. We've got, from next, from next season, you've got three races in America. Give us two races in England. I tell you what, you'll sell more tickets to two races in England than you will with three in America. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. As much as I would love to to follow you on that one, because I do believe if if F one went to UK another race, it'll be another sellout. It'll be a banger. I know that. But we sold out in Austin for several years straight now, and we we sold out of Miami, and Vegas is already selling out. I I know that this is kind of be a hard pill to swallow, but the races here in the United States will sell out, just because they'll sell out. But it's I not even it's not even sell... due to the racing. The racing, yeah. Americans. I'm telling you this right now. I, as an American, they they won't care about the racing. Let's talk about care, the show. They care, they care, yeah, they care about the show. That's Should we talk want. about Agreed. the show? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what I saw over this weekend, and I'm gonna tell you at which po- I'm gonna tell you at which point. I switched off my TV. So I woke up to the news early in this week that the marina was fake. Okay? The fake marina. Hilarious. They, an absolute Ridiculous. Joke. It's 
ridiculous. And they're selling they're selling tickets for thousands of dollars to a fake like, marina yeah, yeah. Like in the middle of a car park dollars. in Miami. It's a car park no, in Miami. General admission. Like now, I can go brag about that and be like, "Yo, I watched an F1 race near Hard Rock Stadium on a fake boat on a fake marina." Like, here's my pictures of me and my friends. And they, it'll sell. And it'll create hype. It'll create buzz. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, okay. I think it's ridiculous. The fake water is ridiculous to me. You've got, you've got that. And then you've got the beach club. The beach club, it, which is just like, oh, everyone's going, oh, yeah, look at the people here enjoying the view of the F1 cars. Oh, what, all 20 of them? while the rest of them sit in pools dressed up as influencers with fake mermaid towels on. Yeah, absolute yeah. farce, and but I mean, that's like we were there's saying, always the problem with pyro in every track. I'm not going to moan about the pyro. The, the red pyro went off early. Yeah, the smoke spectac- grenades. Spectac- yeah. There's a spectacle, the and then there's what the grid walk. Okay, the grid walk. Oh, that was so. Whatever hard Martin Brun, <laughs> whatever Brock Martin Brundle is being paid, he's not being paid enough money. No, because. That was an absolute joke. Now, I'm going to forgive him for not knowing who Pat Mahomes was. All right? <laughs> who did he know? That? I forget his name. Um, played for Duke. He plays for Duke. College basketball. He's not even a professional athlete. He's a college yeah. athlete. But he thought it was Pat Mahomes. And I thought, okay, look, I can understand why. If you don't know who he is, you go, oh, it's a very tall, it's a very tall person okay. over there. They're all looking at him. Light skin, <laughs> curly hair. That's got to be yeah. Mahomes. If you, you get told it's someone tall with curly hair, you're probably going to go, hmm, yeah, that's Pat Mahomes. Of course it wasn't Pat Mahomes. <laughs> but the amount of grid passes. You, you couldn't find a driver. You couldn't find a driver on that grid. Like he's like he said, he found Lance Stroll. The only person you could find that was a driver on the grid was the guy whose car had broken down and was in the oh. garage bringing the fuel to a legal temperature. That's how yeah, bad it was. we forgot about that. We, wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, through all of that, we we forgot about Stroll. I know he's been the uh, the joke a joke of a driver, but that was a good result from him. Well, I he lucked into that. points. He lucked into points. He did. Let's, he did. Let's fake. Let's all right. Well, first of all, of course, to finish after Martin to, needs those to, points to get points, you have to finish races. Yeah. Vettel and Stroll, sorry, Vettel and Schumacher were ahead of him. Both crashed out. Alonso was ahead of him, and when full Mazepin on everything and just started <laughs> saying, oh, how many penalties can I get in one race? He, he, over, <laughs> he overpassed Abu Dhabi uh, 2018 then. Oh, listen, listen. I haven't even finished my I, rant on the joke that was my... Because after the grid... Oh, we're going to be ranting, me and you. This, this was the first ever... <laughs> this was the first ever... This is the first ever sporting event I've ever seen this brought up in live commentary. What's Lap that? one, going around the beach club... David Croft says, "Oh, and every phone ha- and every fan has a camera phone in his hands, recording the action." Wait, wait, hold, the- hold up! What? So how much I. money are you spending to go? How much money are you spending to go to a Formula <laughs> One race that you decide? Oh, you know what? The most exciting bit of every Formula One race over the last however many years has usually been lap one, and you aren't even enjoying your own eyes. You're going, "Oh, look at this from my phone." Oh, I bet this is going to get me some Instagram likes or whatever you want. Okay, full disclaimer, full disclaimer. When I went to Coda, uh, when I watched in 2019, I had my phone out and recorded the, 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 uh, the for- formation lap and the first lap. After that, my phone did go down. But I have that memory forever. I, I just held my phone up. The rest was like natural reaction. It was I, I did that as far as well. 
<laughs> I love it. Look, I can go back to that video and I can I can go back to that video and I'm like, damn it, I love F1. This is awesome. It was my wife. I had a great time, a great seat outside of turn one. It was amazing. That's what F one F one to me is is about. Having okay. just enjoying that. And I can say that on my phone there is a selfie of me at Miami. Not at Miami. Gosh. Monza. Uh, uh, Monza, yeah. Yeah. Where I think it was around lap 38 in the 2017 Italian Grand Prix. Not a very good race. And it was a bit of a low in the action. And it, it was a very low where, the, where the, 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 the race was quite spread out. And then there were some back markers. And I thought, you know what? I'm at the back of the stand here. I've got the Tafosi in front of me. I'm going to try and get a selfie with an F1 car. And I took maybe three photos on one lap. And I got a good photo with Marcus Ericsson's Sauber going past. Is this and, when he flipped over? No, 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 that would have been an incredible, uh, that would be an incredible (laughs) selfie if I had that, but no, Uh, but yeah, whilst every single, the fact that David Croft made reference to a, to the fact that everyone had their phone out, that showed me something was not quite right with this race, right, but after the checkered flag, oh sorry, yeah, Dan, why we are on Crofty, how does it take him 14 corners to figure out which driver he's watching? Yeah, that is true, yeah. Like, he did go for 14 the, corners what, calling what Lance Stroll, Sebastian Vettel, Sebastian Vettel, yeah. Lance Stroll. Oh. It was... So I have, I have another another disclaimer to say. On I watch races through the F1 app. Um, this is not endorsed by F1 app, by the way. But um, my commentators are Ben Edwards and John Watson for this race. I had Ben Edwards and John Watson. You guys know... John Watson, 1980, yeah. a driver from the 70s, 80s. Yeah, he was on there. And um, you guys had Brent Edwards before. Yeah, we had him on the uh, BBC, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he needs to go back. But <laughs> He needs to go back. I, he, I mean, I take him over David Croft. To be honest, the best commentary team I've seen as having in a long time was when Martin Brundle and David Coulthard did it together. And it was just those two. And I thought that was brilliant. No... Martin Brundle and Murray Walker. Oh yeah, yeah, but that we are yeah. that's impossible to bring that back now. Sadly, that's yeah, that's that's, that, that's yeah, impossible yeah. to bring back. I'm talking and about no, what could be realistically and, done. And no, realistically, I never want to see Coulthard on an F1 show ever again. He can take him. He can put Karun Chandok in the car as well, <laughs> and they can take Nico Rosberg, and they can just drive the fuck out of it. <laughs> Seriously. Well, whilst we're talking about driving things the fuck out, um, after the chequered flag, this is at what point I decided to switch off. It's like, okay, yeah, so Max was exhausting, all this sort of thing. Then he gets in the back of a, some random car and gets a police escort through a stadium, through a stadium where restricted people were in it in the first place. It was a fake police escort to the podium that was maybe 100 metres away. And at that point, I was like, no, screw this. I turned off. I was like, I can't, I can't be asked to watch this anymore. This is embarrassing. This is an absolute farce. And, and be honest, a mockery so did I. Of I, One. I it off there. And then I yeah. woke up this morning to the photos of the podium. And they are wearing fucking American... Like, okay, look, I get it. Like, the Russian hats, cool. The, Stet- the, the Stetsons, fantastic. Cool, very cool. NFL helmets, fake NFL helmets... Just a joke, and then you see Max Verstappen gets given his trophy, and then he has to do some publicity stuff with a Miami Dolphins helmet. 
Oh, I'm holding up my Miami Dolphins helmet. They haven't won shit in years. I'm a Vikings fan. I know I'm no position <laughs> to talk about winning shit because we don't win shit either. But I, if I was given a... Okay. Savage. If I was given a Dolphins helmet on a podium in F1 race, I'd be like, what am I going to do with this? What do you want, yeah, what do you want me to do with that? Can you give me, like, the the helmet of the successful team in Florida? Which one? Well, not Jacksonville. Clearly you. not Jacksonville. So... No, no. Um, well, you could have just taken a helmet from the U, University of Miami, which is the bigger. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah. But still, it, it like I don't think we could have expected anything less from a, a trophy ceremony after a fake pool, fake beach hut. Uh, like, you know. <laughs> but Paris Hilton was there, so, you know, that made it super trendy. Oh yeah, because because let's face Williams it, what's more trendy than some there. than having someone there who's everyone's seen their tits? Yeah. Wait, who was on? There? <laughs> <laughs> um, right, Danny. Yeah, Danny. Let's talk. Let's talk street races, though. Yeah. But first time street races. Let's let's flip it from the Miami street race circuit to some others. I'm sure you can fill us in. Um. Well, I wanted to. Kind of what we've been doing, just kind of react to some of the reactions, um, or not really reactions, but comments people have made about Miami. Um, and it was kind of good to go back in with you with going back in you here with Reese. It was good. Um, you know, I was looking at um, our page. I was looking at our, our group on Facebook, and um, uh, somebody had posted. He kind of copied, echoed the same uh, stuff that you just said, Reese, about the work, uh, NFL helmets on the podium you know I, I i i was one of them as well that turned off my uh tv when i saw that i didn't i left the tv on i walked out going to the other room um and it wasn't it wasn't because max won the race he came he drove a solo race to win the race it wasn't because of that. it was the show that f1 is becoming and i do agree that we are that depending on the country f1 We'll, we'll do anything for that money. We'll do anything for that dollar. And we've seen it um, the past couple of years going to really bad locations. Uh, we raced in Qatar last year where they had to pump in noise. We had the same shot of the same fans. Um, you know, we had that happen throughout the last year and, and this year as well. And I think uh, I think that's the the problem with Formula One right now is when are you over-commercialized or will it ever be enough? When will you stop going for that dollar and start listening to fans? It comes down to the fact that it's owned by a US media company. Um, I think that is it. Like They are trying to turn F1 into a money maker, not just uh, like a sport. They, they are. They're, try, they're trying to make it more of a like a series like like a netflix special every race than it just being good racing or it being um like the it's a circus it's a circus it's a circus it's a circus dan no i think i think you said it right you you said it you said it absolutely right i couldn't put it better than myself yeah i mean it it is just a circus now formula one but you look at like Danny said, it's chasing the dollar. You look at the, the street circuits that have popped up in the past. 
Saudi Arabia, no need to say anything more on that. We all know that's just there for the money. There's no history in there. Yeah, but there was an explosion, right. an explosion a couple of miles. Yeah, there, there was the literally, there, there was literally, exactly. it was literally attacked by some militants inside of the racetrack, and they went, "No, we'll keep racing." Nah, nah, we're good. Carry on. We were racing in Russia. Let's face it, we were racing in Russia, in Sochi. Shortly after the Crimea invasion, Crimea, Sochi, not very far away from each other. Really not, really not. You don't have to be a genius in geography to know they are not as far away as people would like you to believe. It's up the coast, isn't it? Yeah, it's up the coast. It's up the coast. There's, there's the... So we were racing in Sochi then. I mean, there have been other tracks. Um, I mean, there are some street circuits that I, I get why we race there. Because it bought something different. The Singapore circuit, I like that. It brings it is something different to Formula One. It was that night race. It was that big deal and it was worth it. It and I still I like Singapore. I'm glad it's back on the calendar. We had Valencia. Same which Singapore is one of my favourite yeah, race tracks. Singapore is a brilliant track because it is such a driving driver's challenge and it has a mix of what it asks from asks from the car. Yeah, and I was going to say something about Singapore. Um, Singapore also suffered, as Miami, they really had a really bad chicane. The Singapore Sling, I think it was um, yes. turn 10 as well. And that was scrapped, and that was um, later replaced. It was replaced seasons after. It wasn't replaced the following year. So we, if we're still at this track in Miami, we might see it again next year. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it might change. Yeah, I don't see it going just yeah, yet. It's, it's interesting not to. But then you've, it's, it's got to change. But then you've got also Valencia. Now, races at Valencia weren't great, but I get why you were doing it, because it was the European Grand Prix. It was a race in a European city, and it was just trying to give something a bit different. And I like the whole idea of racing in Valencia. Mm-hmm. I think it also capitalizing on Alonso's success at the time in Ferrari. Yeah. Second race in Spain with Alonso, the top driver, supposedly at that time, in elite Ferrari. But, so that definitely worked but out. But that brings you right back to my point. You're capitalising on the success of Fernando Alonso by having a second race in Spain. Why don't you have two races in the UK? Why don't you throw some money? Why why are you throwing millions at people in Miami and going, hey, look, we're going to bribe you so you have a race here that just, you know, destroys your city for a few weeks. Why not throw several million at Donington? Why not throw several million at Brands Hatch? Because also... You're creating all these grandstands in a car park, a flat car park. You can see maybe two or three corners. You race at Brands Hatch. You put people in the grandstands in Brands Hatch. You can see if uh, the racetrack from, from some of the grandstands in Brands Hatch. Oh, Brands Hatch has great views. If they had gra- more grandstands, they would have great views all over it's, the track. I it's like um, Barcelona. It's like Barcelona. The grandstands at Barcelona, you can see huge amounts of the track because it's not built in a Fucking car park. It's not a big but flat space. I will say, the security guards at Barcelona don't like it when you sneak in, so don't. <laughs> yeah, surprise, <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> enough, <laughs> trespassing isn't very popular with security guards. It's test. It was <laughs> testing. Yeah, it's it's wet. Like, like I thought he was joking. That's like took the clip off the holster and i was like oh that'd be like I'm, you sneaking I'm leaving. into I'm, I'm going that'd be like you sneaking in to see the rolling stones and going well it was only the sound check yeah but i thought the spanish people were all taking a nap at the time to be fair i thought i was safe 
Not yet. You missed it by <laughs> half an hour. <laughs> yeah, that right. But le- legit, right? It was a hundred percent like joking until he took the clip off the holster, and then I knew oh. shit got real. I was like, "Just you're going to shoot a guy in Hawaiian shirt, shorts, and a flip flop." It's a bit much. <laughs> oh, we need to hear more about this. We've heard the, we've heard the story of Dan jumping the yeah, fence. Yeah. Uh, listen to I think it was our maybe our first or second podcast. If you want to hear that story again, um, that's a good one. It was a good story. Um, it was good fun. But yeah, I mean, a street circuit can be good. I mean, Australia has a rich history of racing on street circuits. But use actual streets. That's the one good thing about this Vegas track. Other than the fact it's cost them $240 million to secure the real estate to build the paddock and the little start-finish bit, it is going to be using yeah, real, is real that... pieces. Because Formula One's going to own it. Formula One's going to own that. $240 million of, to um, $240 yeah. million. Imagine what would happen if you threw $240 million into tracks that... We don't race in Africa. Why can't you throw two hundred and forty million at Kalami? Yeah, it don't even. It doesn't even need two hundred. It doesn't know. So why are you throwing two hundred forty million to buy a bit of real estate in the middle of a desert? Let's face it. That's what Las Vegas is. It's a desert. Vegas is a yeah. desert. Yeah. Where it just it baffles belief. Yeah, but I again, I think the problem is as long as we have an American media. Because they are a media company in charge of Formula One, it is always going to be a spectacle. It's getting closer and closer to NASCAR every week. Now, I was going to say something about that um, the similarities of F1 and NASCAR. NASCAR fans have been, have been calling this out for the past 20 years almost, 15 to 20 years, where NASCAR is abandoning, abandoning great tracks. Like um, North Wilkesboro, um, they don't go there anymore. That's in the heart of NASCAR country, uh, in the western part of the state. Um, yeah, I I do believe that in NASCAR and Formula One, that's that's the direction they're going to. The money and and we see it in the cars as well. It's um, you know they're doing whatever they can to to create money for the sport and to to market it better. Yeah, but if I. But if I want to see a sport where a guy is wearing a cowboy hat on the podium, shooting two shooting two guns in the air, I'm going to watch NASCAR because that's what I want from NASCAR. Formula One, it, yes, it's serious. It, yes, everyone goes, oh, Formula One is all, it's too, all too serious. Yeah, no, have a bit of a show. But have your show in the form of a, a military flyover. And, like, that's what gets the people... And, like, like a military flyover... The national anthem—that's what gets the goosebumps on end. I don't need the—I don't need the Williams sisters, DJ Khaled, and oh, Pharrell Williams t- telling us how many times he loves Richard Mill to get hyped for a race. What? What <laughs> even? What even were Pharrell Williams' glasses? What even was that, bro? That's just—that's <laughs> just having too much money. That's probably like my year salary. In shit glasses. Just... <laughs> more than your year's salary, probably, in shit glasses. And that's the sad but, thing. It's right. probably more so, than all of our salaries so my, in shit glasses. So my my problem is, at what point did we get to it being a spectacle 
and not about racing because it isn't about racing. If it was about good racing, we would have never had a Miami Grand Prix. Fact. But but we've got it for 10 years now. Yeah. If 10 years to a track that you've never seen anyone race on before. I can understand if you no. go, oh, here's 10 years to a track because we've seen good racing here in the past because we've had junior formulas, we've had sport cars or whatever has raced around here and it's been good. But no, it's it's just ridiculous. I mean, what's the, what are they going to do in the NFL season as well? What's going to happen to the fake marina in the NFL season? Because you were in the middle of a freaking car park. It's people, The Miami Dolphins fans aren't going to go, well, I used to be able to tailgate here, but now I can't because someone pulled a load of resin in my car spot, parking spot. It's... <laughs> oh man look i want i want to say this um kind of end my bit um what would bernie have done i think that's a big one that people don't talk about what would bernie Eccleston have done about miami would he have signed miami or would he have well, to be honest, he probably would have signed miami when I, it was I, under the hands of trump when uh, the u.s was under the hands of trump's because we all know he lost a fascist yeah <laughs> we'd have had five there There'd have been a five races this year in Miami. No, but like to be fair to Bernie, to be fair to Bernie, I don't, I don't, I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have settled for Miami. Uh, it might be a hot take. My hot take might be my hot take. But he had an opportunity to land New York and didn't land New York because the money wasn't. right I for have him. a lot of concerns with the money exactly. and the way it's no, being no, no. dished right, out right, by Liberty Media. Right. It was because it wasn't right for him. Because he wasn't getting enough kickback to put it in New York, it didn't go to New York. That's that 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 is how that whole era of F one worked. Okay, it can go here, but this is what I want from you. And Ferrari want this, and so and so want this. It's the, that's just how it worked back in the Bernie days. Let's, let's face it. Next year might be the third season in a row where there is no German Grand Prix or no Grand Prix in Germany. You're spending millions. You're, you're giving up 5% of your revenue to Miami. You're spending $240 million on a piece of real estate in Las Vegas, but you can't throw enough money to get a German Grand Prix on the calendar again. When Let's face it, that is going to sell. For the first time in 10 years... If you were to put one on next season, you would have German fans paying to see a Schumacher race in Germany. You're telling me that's not going to sell out. You're telling me that Sebastian Vettel being the sweetheart of the Formula One grid is not going to sell out. Instead, you go, I'm going to race in Vegas, where next year what we're going to have is people with roulette hats on the podium. I sent pictures from there. <laughs> right, right. If you race in Germany... You can get people from Germany, Spain, Netherlands. No, not Spain. Like uh, no, Spain, the UK, Spain, UK, everywhere. France, Spain. Like yeah. they could. That's all. Like say a three-hour drive, or give or take. If you take the the train over and stuff like that, right? Um, but who in the UK or surrounding area can afford to go to Las Vegas or Miami to watch an F1 race? Like I, I couldn't I even could afford Miami, man. I, so I how how long do. does it take you to drive to Miami from from North Carolina? From North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina to Miami is a good mm, sixteen hours. Sixteen. So it's probably hours, the same. It's probably the same hours. as you or I driving to Southern Germany. 
Mate, I could fly to Africa quicker than you can drive to fucking <laughs> Miami. The fuck? That, you could, yeah, you could fly to Miami quicker than he it's could drive to Miami. You could fly to Miami and back in the time it takes him to drive to Miami. I know what some people might be taking away is, hmm, Reese doesn't like a race in America. I like a race in America. You could just say from the fact that it takes Dan to lo as long to fly from Devon. It 12 takes, hours. It takes 12 hours. Okay, so a little less time for Dan yeah. to fly. little less time it takes Dan to fly from Devon and to Miami and back. But 12 hours is, I mean... You're making it. You're making a proper trip of that, but it's just yeah. It might as well fly. America's big, okay. We get that. America is very big, but is it? It's just not. It doesn't seem viable to to anyone to race to build a track in a in the in America and have this going on. Like Cota's different. Mm. Cota is different. I just want to say this. 1982-83, there were, there were three races in the United States. You had USGP West at um, Long Beach. You had uh, Watkins Glen, USGP. Um, I forget where else was there. Oh, you also had Detroit um, for a while. So the United States has hosted three, three races before, uh, but it just feels different now. Um, the, the spectacle is bigger than what it was back in the 80s, for sure. Right. I did a little like fact check in because I never ever do it, but I thought I'd put the effort in. Right? <laughs> the viewership on ESPN is up 54 slash 55 percent, right, compared to 2020. So we are getting more viewers in F1 in America. Do you think it's because of this spectacle that we have more viewers? Because... I can't comment. We only on this. really have a few of these, but we, we we only really have a few of these races that are just over the top for no reason. Eighty percent of the calendar is normal racing. Like, would that not lead you to believe that they're enjoying the racing, not the spectacle? So therefore, well, that's it. You know, are we just putting the are we putting these on these races on as a thank you, effectively for? the viewership that they're obviously obtaining and how big it's becoming in the, the States. But would they not, you know, as as a race fan, I reckon Danny would rather go to a proper racetrack than a spectacle in Miami. Yeah, I mean, Danny, would you rather watch an F1 race at Road America or at, Mo oh, at no Miami? Question. You can pick any other place out. I'll, I'll always... Road America is, is a great track. Now, I would go there for the experience, the motor experience, the motor show experience, the motor race experience, for real, for real. That, Road America will always get that. But places like Miami and Vegas have the other appeal to it that will always, will always win Liberty Media, will always win FIA. You know what I think it is? I think that Formula One has bought in a load of netflix fans and now they've had to build two racetracks for netflix fans get there's That's no pretty accurate there's no pure, if you wanted to build a uk fan base of formula one you would go hmm let's have a let's have a race at brands hatch and let's have another race at 
um Silverton. Or you, you go, hmm, I want to build my European fan base. Well, what I could do is I could bring back I could bring back the European Grand Prix. And I could go All right, year one, Brands Hatch. Year two, Haref or Manicor or whatever, just get somewhere up to scratch. Year three, Nurburgring. Year four, I mean Look, the, the schedule the schedule in the future is going to be really interesting, and they will have to do something about it because I do feel like there will be a lot more countries that want to get a race, want to host a race, or a lot more tracks will host a race, and they will have the money for it. So I do think the schedule in the future, 30 races is ridiculous. Horrendous. We, it's we horrendous. That. 23 yeah. is too many, yeah. to be honest. Considering yeah. we are yeah. racing, why do we race at Miami this time of year? Well, it's because... If we were to race at Miami when we race at Montreal, it would be it would it wouldn't be viable. It'd be too hot. If we were to race at Miami, if we were to race in Miami when we raced in Texas, it wouldn't be viable because it's hurricane season. If you wanted to race in Texas when you race in Miami, you can't because it's tornado season. You want to race in Montreal when you race in Miami, you can't. It's too cold. Same if you want to race at the same time of year as you race in Texas and Montreal. It's too cold. For a sport that's trying to be carbon neutral, flying back and forth, back and forth, back and forth across the Atlantic with nine European teams, that's not very carbon friendly, is it? Mm-mm. No. But maybe, maybe I'll make that my topic for next week, the logistics of Formula One. There's some we, we are not going to be able to talk um, about Mick and Daniel this, this um, time round, but I'm sure next time round, neither of them would have scored points again. Well, hold on. Let me like, let's get into that with, with Daniel Ricciardo. I've been, I've been, I'm a big fan of Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, dive into it. Why not? I'm a big supporter. But come on, dude. Like now, you were brought into McLaren to to take charge of the team because they didn't. Not that they didn't have trust in Lando, but you want a you solid want a driver, a solid veteran driver. Yeah, you want, and you got the best one. I believe the best one out there. One of the best ones out there in Ricciardo. And but just to see him struggle. In the in the back of the field, it, with that, I don't know, man. It's like you you hate to see it for him because he's such a he's a, such a great guy. He's a great guy to the fans. He's a great driver. He pays respect. Um, and um, but it's just hurt. It hurts to see that. I, I and I feel that Ricardo's has has been past his point. It's he's past his point now. Um, I think we might see new blood. You got blood also. You know, good drivers come in from Indy. Uh, we got Award and Herta that are knocking on the doorstep. They want their shot at Formula nah, 1. I get Award, we but Herta, really? Up. I mean, Herta is just... He's not just yet, the, Amer- he's the American Maldonado. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm just... I'm, again, it, it wasn't... I'm not going on their skills, but the um, these drivers that I've named, they're, they're young indie drivers who um, have connections in, into Formula 1, and, and they would like to see their, their shot come to fruition that's all i'm trying to say i i'm not i don't have an opinion on, on them really as drivers but um you know the we already have piastri we have possibly uh calamila as well these are guys formula one caliber drivers that don't have a shot yet and mm. and i think we we've seen it i've seen it in major league baseball the new york mets which is my favorite team they just um they just pretty much uh, they uh, released a player that was worth forty million dollars next season. No team does that. You eat, you know, you you keep him on the team. 
I think we'll see that with some of the uh, teams in, in Formula One, especially McLaren, especially having somebody like Zach Brown. Uh, at some point, the smiles and the vibes that you give are not going to matter, but it's going to be all about the results, and we might see Ricardo on his way out. It's going from a fairy tale to a very messy divorce if Ricardo can't find some form, because he has scored points fewer times this season than Albon in a Williams, which is wholly uncompetitive, and he, I mean, Albon is working. Miracles getting up. Big there. props, Albon. And then he's all, Big and he's props. also, he's been out. He's scored points fewer times than Lance Stroll. Um, who, whilst he lucked into points this weekend with three things happening in front of him, he had to finish. And you know who he finished ahead of? Daniel Ricciardo. I'm back on the Stroll bandwagon. It's, Let's go. But the thing is, whilst I can, whilst I'm extreme, extraordinarily disappointed by Ricciardo because we all know he's better than what he's putting out there. What yeah, of course. What worries me is Mick Schumacher. He needs he just needs a point. He just needs a race where he finishes in the points, no drama, nothing else, just get him a tenth place or whatever, because he is trying too hard. He is desperate to break his duck and it's it's seeing moves like I mean, the Vettel one, some people say, no, Vettel shut the door. I think Mick lunged, and I think Mick wasn't going to make that. I think if Vettel leaves a car's whip on the inside still, he hits Vettel still. Uh, I don't think he was making that corner. I think he, he lunged out of desperation. And it's just not going to... It's not good from Mick. Because, I mean, he's got that... He's got the name, of course, that carries heavier than any name would ever carry in Formula 1, no matter what Lewis Hamilton does, Lewis Hamilton's kid might come into Formula 1 when he, if he ever has a kid one day. But I don't think the pressure will ever will be as heavy as the name of Schumacher. No. No. It's, he, he was a Marmite driver, but he was very good at what he'd done. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, like, you know, you, you, you either loved him or you hated him. I was in... Uh, like my youth when Schumacher come through, my grandparents, the ones that got me into Formula One, heavily invested into Michael Schumacher. Um, so I was like, yeah, Schumacher, Schumacher, Schumacher. And then when this little 16, 17 year old kid cut, come up that we were watching in the support races and stuff. And I was like, like, yes, this is my driver. He's English. He's young. Like this is, this is my guy. Um, and I've literally followed Hamilton since that day. So we're talking like, what, two, oh, God. 2006, 2005, 2006. Six. But I was, I was watching him years before that in like what was GP2, and stuff like that. Yeah, like well, GP2, all those GP2 was when I started watching Hamilton. Um, that was 2006. His Formula Renault days Really, Formula British days, I think, in 2003, 2004. It was insane day as well. Because when I got into Formula 1 in the early 2000s, I already knew Schumacher was incredible. And, I mean, <laughs> but my, my grandparents didn't like Schumacher because he won because races were gifted to him at the fault of Barrichello. So, <laughs> so I was brought in as an Alonso fan almost like oh Alonso is the guy challenging Schumacher you want to like Alonso you want to like Raikkonen 
Raikkonen moved to Ferrari, Alonso moved to McLaren, Alonso's teammate was of course the young Brit coming through that everyone was getting all excited about. So for me it was obvious who I'd support. But going back to to Mick, it's concerning me now that he's making these mistakes when he, he could just play it safe, take the points, but he's trying so hard. I I wanna uh, wanna say this. I, I see a lot of similarities with George Russell. He was another driver. His first season didn't get any points with the Williams. Of course, that Williams was horrible. Similar to Schumacher. Uh, second year, uh, Russell, I think he had an opportunity to score a point in Imola, and then he blew it under a safety car. Um, the best the best thing, you know, Schumacher, he's going to have a team of, you know, his team around him supporting him all the way, and he does have a lot of fans. The pressure on him, I, I can't imagine um, by carrying that name, but I, he's still a pretty solid driver. I, I think, um, the points will come to him. He needs to, he needs to continue, um, what he's doing, but he's got a good head. I, I do believe that Schumacher will, will get points by the end of the year. Um, will he outscore Magnussen? I don't think so, but he will for sure score points this year. I really hope that he does because I, I think at some point he needs, that kind of morale boost to think, you know, I'm good enough to be here. I'm not just here on my dad's name. Um, and unless he starts doing something soon, I, you know, I just don't know, personally. So one 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 thing that makes me nervous about Schumacher hanging around with Vettel a lot, I feel like Vettel, he missed well, out. used to hang around with Vettel a lot. Yeah, that might be getting a bit more. Crash, now they crash into each other <laughs> twice this season. <laughs> But Vettel, one thing that can, that that was uh, must be frustrating for Vettel fans was those years, 2015, 16, and 17, especially 2017 when he had a chance to win the title. Vettel didn't go see a a sports psychiatrist, and I remember it was well known at the time because Hamilton, growing up in McLaren, had the team. Uh, he even had Jackie uh, Jackie Itza, uh, Hinsa, I might have said his name wrong, who was the McLaren's team doctor, who was also a sports psychiatrist. And was able to help Hamilton and helped Hamilton during those early years, and during those later years in McLaren and the early years in Mercedes. Vettel Vettel never went to see a sports shrink, and I think it I think it might have hurt his performances afterwards. He didn't handle the pressure well. Remember, 2018, he had a lot of mistakes when it came to close to close combat driving. I think Schumacher needs to go see a sports sports shrink, talk to one, get your head on straight. Um, the because he does have a good shot this year, legitimately good shot with a really good car in that house. He should be scoring points. Well said, Danny. Well he said. should be scoring points, but he's not. So <laughs> he needs to see a shrink. May I just point out as well that we haven't really bashed anybody other than old F1 drivers. So I think old F1 well. drivers and the entire concept of the Miami Grand Prix and Liberty Media. Liberty Media has yeah, taken a heck of Liberty Media. Liberty Media has taken a Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. They know, they know they suck. It's like... Yeah, um, but I feel like we're at a closing point. So keeping on the topic of tracks that are ridiculous or tracks that you love, if you want. 3D printed track waller of your favourite track or favourite converted car park, head to our podcast sponsors, <laughs> apextracks.com. That's A-P-E-X-T-R-A-X-S dot com. Um, 
a great sponsor, and they t- sorry, yeah, the uh, the joke might have got to Danny. Uh, yes, if you're if you're listening, you know it's the joke about the car parks that's making Danny laugh, not the freaking incredible. We love the you. incredible stuff we, that you do we for love us. You, Josh, we love you. And uh, yes, yeah, those, tra- follow those them tracks on Twitter. are amazing. Do follow my tracks on Twitter. F- as well. Follow them on Twitter. Follow them on Instagram to get good stuff. And uh, yeah, make sure you you buy from them. Um, also, we're gonna have some competition stuff to give away from them later in the season. So, you know, you've got to love them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but sure. Until then, uh, until well, next time when we reconvene in a couple of weeks, hopefully with Chris probably back from the cinema and Tim back from walking up hills and pitching tents and <laughs> pitching tents probably not the best term of phrase to use there. But anyway. Uh, until next time. <laughs> I'm trying to bite my lip because I really want to say something, but it makes it really awkward for Tim. Love you, Tim. <laughs> there are a few things Tim does do right, but what he does do right is follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Formula One Fans UK and is in our Facebook group and in our Discord. Uh, the link to all of those... Be like Tim. <laughs> we do like Tim. A link to all of those is in the bio. Uh, of this podcast so until next time thank you very much for listening everyone goodbye thank you thank you guys cheers i wanted to sound like nicky loud at the end thank you lewis thank you i was more like toto but you know at least you got toto in your locker that was that was trying about oh man no michael this is not no good, michael. michael no no michael do your do your no mikey this no, Mikey. No, this is not right, Mikey. I can't do it anymore. I had to do the whole transcript again. No, Mikey. No, this is so not right. right. No, Mikey. No, this is so not right. But I haven't watched the race.